Thank you, Madam Chair. The first order of business is item one, roll call. Commission members, please respond when I call your name. Commissioner Drew. Present. Commissioner Scott. Present. Vice Chair Ludlam. Present. And Chair Brackett. Present. All members of the commission are present. Please note that the commission has one vacant seat. Madam Chair, we have a quorum. The next order of business is item two, announcements. A, the next regularly scheduled meeting will be on Tuesday, May 16th, 2023 at 1 p.m. B, announcement of prohibition of sound producing electronic devices during the meeting. Please be advised that the ringing of and use of cell phones, pagers, and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. Please be advised that the chair may order the removal from the meeting room of any persons responsible for the ringing of or use of a cell phone, pager, or any sound-producing electronic device. C, announcement of public comment procedures. Please be advised a member of the public has up to three minutes to make pertinent public comments on each agenda item unless the commission adopts a shorter period on any item. During each public comment period, members of the public attending the meeting in person will have an opportunity to provide their comments. It is strongly recommended that members of the public who wish to address the commission fill out a speaker card and submit the completed card to the commission secretary. Members of the public who are joining remotely will be instructed to dial 415-655-0001. When prompted, enter the access code, which is 2598-682-4655, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again to enter the call. When prompted, press star 3 to submit your request to speak. And when you dial star 3, you will hear the following message. You have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When you hear your line has been unmuted, this is your opportunity to provide your public comment, and you will have three minutes. Please speak clearly and slowly, and you will be placed back on mute once you are done speaking. You can stay on the line and continue to listen to the meeting, but you can also choose to hang up. If you are planning to provide a public comment on any item on today's agenda, it is recommended that you call the public comment line ahead of time to allow you to listen to the meeting live and to prevent you from experiencing delays. Today's meeting materials are available on our website at sfocii.org under commission, then the public meetings tab. The next order of business is item three, report on actions taken at a previous closed session meeting, if any. There, there are no reportable actions. The next order of business is item four, matters of unfinished business. There are no matters of unfinished business. The next order of business is item five, matters of new business consisting of consent and regular agenda. First is the consent agenda. Item 5A is approval of minutes, regular meeting of April 18, 2023. 5B is authorizing a second amendment to the personal services contract with Forster and Kroger Landscape Maintenance Inc., a California corporation, to increase the contract contingency expenditure authority by $20,000 for a total contingency expenditure authority of $54,480 and an overall contract expenditure authority not to exceed $571,104 to provide continued landscape maintenance services in Community Facilities District Number 1 in South Beach, former Rincon Point South Beach Redevelopment Project Area Action Resolution Number 14-2023. Madam Chair. Madam Secretary, can we see if we have anyone from the public who wishes to provide comment on the minutes or on 5B? If there are any members of the public who wish to provide comment on the consent items, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2598-682-4655, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again, then press star three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone and would like to provide public comment, please press three. And if you are here in person and would like to provide public comment on the, on the consent items, you are welcome to come up to the podium. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment on these items. Seeing no further <clears throat> comments from the public, we will now close public comments. And Madam Secretary, can we call the next item? Uh, we'll take roll on the consent items. Okay. Yes.
Can we get motion and? Uh, I'd like to make a motion to approve the consent agenda. Second that motion. Commission members, please announce your vote when I call your name. Commissioner Drew? Aye. Commissioner Scott? Aye. Vice Chair Ludlam? Aye. And Chair Brackett? Aye. Madam Chair, the vote is four ayes. The motion carries. Um, Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item? Next is the regular agenda. Agenda item numbers 5C and 5D related to Transbay Block 2 West will be presented together but acted on separately. Item 5C is authorizing the commitment of permanent gap loan funds in an amount of $46,260,000 to Transbay 2 Senior LP, a California limited partnership for the development of 151 affordable senior rental housing units, including one manager's unit, at Transbay Block 2 West, providing notice that this action is within the scope of the Transbay Redevelopment Project, approved under the Transbay Terminal, Caltrain Downtown Extension, Redevelopment Project, Final envi Environmental Impact Statement, Environmental Impact Report, Final EIS EIR, a program EIR and is adequately described therein for purposes of the California Environmental Quality Act, CEQA, and adopting environmental findings pursuant to CEQA, Transbay Redevelopment Project Area, Discussion and Action, Resolution Number 15-2023. Item 5D is authorizing a first amendment to the pre-development loan agreement with Transbay 2 Senior LP, a California limited partnership to increase the loan amount by $3,086,119 for a total aggregate loan amount of $6,586,119 for the development of 151 affordable senior rental housing units, including one manager's unit and commercial space at Transbay Block 2 West, providing notice that this action is within the scope of the Transbay Redevelopment Project approved under the Transbay Terminal, Caltrain Downtown Extension, Redevelopment Project, Final Environmental Impact Statement, Environmental Impact Report, Final EIS EIR, a program EIR, and is adequately described therein for purposes of the California Environmental Quality Act, CEQA, and adopting environmental findings pursuant to CEQA, Transbay Redevelopment Project Area, Discussion and Action, Resolution Number 16-2023. General Counselor Morales. <clears throat> uh, Chair Brackett, uh, members of the Commission, uh, this project and the other one on your agenda today uh, in some ways represent the final chapters of Transbay uh, plan uh, with an emphasis upon our obligation to build affordable housing. Um, as, as you may know, uh, state law requires that the Transbay Redevelopment Project Area provide 35% of all housing that's built under the redevelopment plan um, as uh, affordable housing. And this project in, in Block 2 West and then the one that you'll hear later will provide a significant amount of affordable housing that will uh, have us come close, if not exceed the goal for that uh, requirement. Um, this project um, <clears throat> will be presented by Kim Opsfeld, our senior development specialist, uh, and uh, she's been working on this for a, a number of years at this point, um, and uh, will provide a presentation and overview of the items before you. Kim. Great, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Chair Brackett, members of the Commission. Again, I'm Kim Obstfeld, Senior Development Specialist on the Housing Team at OCII. The actions before you today are the commitment of approximately $46 million in permanent residential gap loan funding for Transbay Block 2 West and approval of a First Amendment to the pre-development loan agreement with block, the Block 2 West sponsor to increase the loan amount by approximately $3 million and incorporate certain other modified provisions. A brief background on the Transbay Redevelopment Project area. Uh, the Transbay Redevelopment Plan was approved in 2005 with the intent of alleviating the blight caused by freeway demolition following the Loma Prieta earthquake and creating a new mixed-use, mixed-income downtown neighborhood. The project area is split into two zones. Zone one is administered and implemented by OCII. Zone two is under the planning 
the jurisdiction of the planning department. Overall, OCII is obligated to provide 35% affordability in the project area. To date, in Zone 1, OCII has overseen the completion of over 2,000 residential units, among which over 700 are affordable. Block 2 is one of just a few remaining development sites in Zone 1. It will be 100% affordable housing, and the site is critical to meeting the overall project area affordability requirement. OCII sought a uh, development team for Block 2 through a competitive request for proposals in 2020. In April 2021, the Commission approved an exclusive negotiations agreement, as well as pre-development loan agreements for the two West and two East projects. Last fall, the Commission approved the schematic designs and took re related to entitlement actions for both two West and two East. Since that approval, the 2 West sponsor has been working to further refine the design and prepare a financing plan for the project. Last month, the Citywide Affordable Housing Loan Committee approved financing for Transbay Block 2 West. The overall Block 2 site will be developed with two distinct and individually financed, owned, and operated buildings, which we refer to as 2 West and 2 East. That said, design and construction has been and will continue to be highly coordinated between the two buildings, with key design scopes working on both buildings and selection of a single general contractor. The 2 West project, the subject of today's requested actions, is sponsored by Chinatown Community Development Center, or CCDC, and will serve low-income senior households with a portion of units set aside for seniors experiencing homelessness. The 2 East project will serve low-income families and families experiencing homelessness. Mercy Housing is the sponsor. In addition to developing the 2 East project, Mercy is leading overall site coordination. Block 2 West will provide 151 affordable senior rental units, including one manager's unit. Affordability levels will range from 15% to 50% of the area, area median income. Units serving formerly homeless households will be supported through the city's local operating subsidy program, and units serving extremely low-income seniors will be supported by the city's senior operating subsidy program. Units are a mix of studios and one-bedrooms. The building includes three ground-floor retail spaces, as well as secured Class 1 bicycle parking. The overall cost for Block 2 West is estimated at approximately $132 million. This will be funded through typical affordable housing sources, including federal low-income housing tax credits paired with tax-exempt bond funds as allocated by the California Debt Limit Allocation Committee, or SIDLAC. In addition, the sponsor will pursue funding from the State Department of Housing and Community Development's Infill Infrastructure Grant Program, or IIG. In recent years, bond allocations through SIDLAC have been oversubscribed, with demand for funding well exceeding available bond amounts. Because of this, SIDLAC has introduced a competitive scoring process, which has proved to be very challenging for San Francisco projects. The scoring criteria generally disadvantages higher cost urban infill projects. To compete for this source, OCII and the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, or MOCD, have increasingly had to look at creative ways to structure our funding. Generally, we're looking at ways to pull costs out of the residential tax credit project. This, along with targeting deep affordability, improves the likelihood of an award by reducing the residential cost per unit and reducing the overall amount of the requested bond allocation. For Transbay Block 2 West, the proposed structure is a residential gap loan of approximately 62 million, a separate loan to fund development of three retail spaces in, a in an amount of approximately two and a half million, and a separate loan for site improvements, including the demolition of an existing structure on the site that will be administered by Mercy Housing. The commission may recall that you recently saw a similar creative approach for the Block 5254 project at the shipyard. Until there are significant changes to the overall availability of tax-exempt bonds, staff anticipates that we'll need to continue to consider these types of modified loan structures in order to succeed in securing SIDLAC allocations. In preparation for the SIDLAC application, the sponsor is seeking an OCII commitment of GAP funding for the project. This is intended to demonstrate that local funds have been secured for competitive scoring purposes. 
The requested gap commitment is in an amount of approximately $46 million. This amount is consistent with OCII's Recognized Obligation Payment Schedule, or ROPS, for this 22-23 fiscal year, and is consistent with funds in hand to make the loan. I do want to note, however, that as I previously mentioned, the sponsor estimates the actual residential gap will be approximately $62 million. This amount is consistent with the 23-24 fiscal year ROPS, and OCII is currently pursuing a new money tax allocation bond to secure those funds. The sponsor will return to commission to seek the full gap loan amount as well as authorization for the commercial loan in fall 2023, following OCII's bond issuance and following SIDLAC's announcement of bond awards for this funding around. In addition to the gap loan commitment, the sponsor is seeking an amendment to the pre-development loan agreement. The amendment would increase the funding amount by approximately $3 million, bringing the total loan to approximately $6.5 million. The added funds would be used to fund design work from key construction subcontract scopes. Engaging these trades early for design-build contracts is intended to avoid pricing surprises at final contract bidding and improve efficiency and accuracy during the design and permitting period. Added funds will also be used to pay city permit fees and fund other professional services contracts. The amendment would also modify the maturity date provision to allow for extensions at the discretion of the executive director to allow sufficient time to reapply for a SIDLAC allocation in two subsequent rounds if the May application is unsu unsuccessful. It also incorporates updated loan conditions and a revised schedule of performance. If actions are approved today, the sponsor will submit a SIDLAC TCAC application in May and awards will be announced in August. Staff anticipates returning to commission to seek authorization of funding for demolition and other site improvements in July. If the SIDLAC application is successful, demolition and site preparation work would begin in late August. The sponsor will return to commission to seek approval of an amended and restated loan agreement for the full amount of the residential gap, along with the long-term ground lease, as well as approvals for co the commercial loan agreement and commercial ground lease this fall. Under this financing schedule, the project would close on construction financing in January or early February 2024, with construction completion in 2026. Thank you for your consideration. That concludes staff's presentation. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have, and I'm joined by several representatives from CCDC, including Kim P. Hoda and Abby Brown. Uh, Mercy Housing staff is also in, att in attendance and available for questions. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. Madam Secretary, do we have anyone for public comment? At this time, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on these items should call 415-655-0001 enter access code 2598-682-4655, followed by the pound sign, and then the pound sign again to enter the call. Press three to be placed in the queue. If you're already listening to us by phone and would like to provide public comment, please press star three. And we'd like to invite anyone here in person uh, to come up to the podium, and we'll start with Mr. James. Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, the masked man is here again. Oscar James, native resident of Baby Hunters Point. One of the things I'm really concerned about this project in uh, Treasure Island is making sure certificate holders have a priority in those developments and those uh, units. Also making sure that it's wheelchair accessible for people who are handicapped and that's my concerns. Thank you very much. Thank you. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any uh, additional members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Seeing no other further public comments, I'll close public comment and um, refer to my fellow commissioners. Commissioner Drew, if they have any questions or comments. Uh, no, we'd just like to commend staff on uh, continuing to push this project forward. Uh, fingers crossed that we're successful uh, with receiving state funding, um, and uh, thank you for your efforts uh, in, in moving this forward in a difficult uh, time. Uh, I have a question. The uh, total development costs are uh, estimated at $132 million. 
I know you said we would be doing some value engineering as we develop construction drawings. Was that number expected to decrease? Uh, I would be surprised if it decreased, honestly. Um, we were about, we're, we're, the team has just finished 100% DDs. They expect to submit those for OCII review uh, this week. So we'll see another round of pricing from Swinnerton, the general contractor, based on those 100% DDs. And I think the effort will really be to just maintain the pricing that we have. Um, we do have a fair amount of contingency built into those numbers for the sort of design and bid process as the, the project makes its way through. Um, permit approvals, sometimes costs can be added to address uh, requirements from other agencies. So, uh, you know, I, it, it's possible, but, um, and again, a big chunk of that is held in contingency. So the, the idea would be we would scrape away that contingency if, if bids come in and we maintain hard costs as they are to now, but we have seen continued escalation on all of our projects uh, due to inflation and uh, due to difficulty securing materials in this environment. Thank you. Dr. Scott, do you have any yes. questions or comments? Kim or um, Abby, the marketing outreach for the project, how and who will do that? How will it be done? And again, I would um, agree with Mr. Oscar James. Uh, making sure anyone with a disability, it's accessible to them, as well as making sure the COP holders are notified about this opportunity. And so how will all of that fit into the marketing so that people will see that and have the hope that, yes, this is an offer to us all? Sure, absolutely. I can start, and then if uh, CCDC wants to jump in to sort of supplement that, my, my response, that would be great. Um, so yes, this uh, project will follow our standard protocols, uh, including our preferences. Um, certificate of pref pre preference holders will be have first priority for these units. Um, most of the units, including those offered with the senior operating subsidy, will be offered through Dahlia. So we'll follow the typical application process. It's just that folks meeting those income tiers who kind of rise to the top of that lottery list with preferences or otherwise uh, would also receive a subsidy for those units. So if they're quali qualifying at extremely low income levels, um, this subsidy would be provided to make the units affordable for them. But those are still subject to typical OCII preferences. We would follow our early outreach plan and marketing protocols uh, to make sure outreach is done early and frequently, giving people uh, time to prepare themselves for an application. And um, CCDC, if you have anything else to add, that'd be great. Sure, thank you. Um, I just wanted to add, we went through this uh, a couple of years ago on a project in Mission Bay. Um, where we had uh, we had outreach to COP holders, and we worked with SFHDC on that. Um, prior to that, uh, we were, I guess, Mary Helen, the Mary Helen Rogers project uh, in Hayes Valley. Also, we we went through a similar process, and we worked very closely with the city on that. Hi, um, and just a comment on wheelchair accessibility. So we're working with Methune Architects, um, and they have a lot of experience building. Uh, accessible housing for seniors. Can um, I just oh. ask that you get closer to the mic? Oh, sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank Is this you. better? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> sure. So just to comment on the wheelchair accessibility question, we are working with Methune Architects who have experience building senior housing that is physically accessible in the city. We will have a portion of units set aside as wheelchair accessible units, as well as um, auditory communication units. And the building itself will be wheelchair accessible as well as reviewed by the Mayor's Office of Disability. Thank you. And uh, Kim, were you saying you'll leave it up to Dahlia with the marketing? Is I will ask the sponsors will be required under the amended and restated loan agreement to submit um, a marketing plan and an early outreach plan. Uh, so that would be subject to OCII review and we would look at um, ways to get the word out around the senior community. We would do a postcard campaign. Um, the, the sponsors have already set up a website and have been out in the community talking about the project coming. But yeah, the, the actual kind of more in-depth marketing plan will be uh, required as a condition of the, the gap loan. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, we've talked in the past about that marketing plan and what we're doing 
and then some of the things we hadn't moved into, like perhaps putting it on uh, the T line, um, where the transportation people, they go into Chinatown, uh, so that on both ends, people coming from Bayview or Sunnydale throughout, they can get that. Putting it on the M line, if we're gonna reach COP holders, um, the lines where the people are and ways of communication so that they can get that. I don't know what it would take to do a television community announcement that's, uh, they do have free TV announcements. Um, but something so that we know that this is happening and what the possibilities are. And Kim, thank you so much for your presentation. Great, okay, thank you, Commissioner. Hello, um, I have a couple questions for CCDC. Um, I just overheard you guys said that you guys were already doing some community outreach to various communities about the project um, now, and so would like to hear a little bit about that, where those efforts are, what communities have you guys already started outreaching and what that looks like? Sure. Hi, um, we have made several presentations to the East Cut CBD, um, who is running the interim use on the site right now. Um, we will continue to um, obviously work with them in terms of access to site to the site and um, the work ahead. Um, we've also made presentations to Ideate, which is another neighborhood organization, um, and have reached out to several. Sorry, I've reached out to several more. Um, and as the project continues, we intend to reach out to other uh, SOMA organizations um, and any other interested parties who um, are curious about progress. If you have any to suggest, I'm happy, we're, we're to, we'd love to hear. I think, did you wanna say, add to that? Um, I guess my only concern is that since Mission Bay and Trans Bay area is still a fairly new community, um, I think if we really want to have a robust diversity of people um, applying for these slots, we really have to reach outside of that. Um, primarily a lot of the CBOs that currently work with seniors throughout all of the neighborhoods in San Francisco I would really like to see a robust um, offering to um, you know, all over Chinatown, um, Bayview, um, Visitation Valley, um, even in areas of D7, D8, um, Castro, we have a lot, we really do have a large aging population in this city, and we just wanna make sure that that gets out to the wider community, that these opportunities are there. Fillmore also has a high aging population as well, so would really like to see um, when you guys come back to us, I know that this going to be part of like the later marketing, but just being really thoughtful about who those partners can be, that you can get that information out. Because while we've seen a lot of progress with COP, we haven't seen the impact and results that we've wanted. And so we're really pushing for more community engagement um, as early as possible into the communities so that they know even before it's completed or you know during the process that that opportunity is there and they know exactly what they need to do to make sure that they're a good applicant. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I would respond to is that CCDC has already a lot of senior units in our portfolio. This is um, finding, doing enough outreach is important to us as well. Um, so we share that goal with you. Um, and I also wanted to comment that we have presented to the CAC for Transbay, um, which includes residents at Natalie Gubb, which another affordable housing project nearby, um, as well as other interested residents. So um, we hear you. We look forward to reporting back. Thank you. And I had one last question. Um, I noticed on this specific project there's not going to be parking. And I know that that's been a real stickler for a lot of um, low-income people in the city, especially seniors, people with disabilities, and people with children. I know this is more of a senior housing thing, but um, just wanted to hear back um, how you guys plan on dealing with that, because that may deter some seniors from actually wanting to live in this area, um, not having access directly sometimes to you know a nearby grocery store because I think we're still trying to find a partner in Transbay right now. So we'd really like to hear um, what kind of other amenities you guys might have for residents to be able to make sure that they're able to shop and get good groceries. Yeah, um, so yes, thank you. Um, so we 
um, along with the Mercy Project, are looking for uh, partnerships for car rental um, or similar car sharing opportunities. Because as you say, there have not been parking spaces for this project you know, since the beginning. So on the bright side though, this is perhaps the most transit rich area in the entire city, um, if not one of them. So we are also looking into making sure that residents have access to all those transit opportunities, um, as well as paratransit and the programs that paratransit offers to um, provide essential trips. So Van Gogh and shop around and other resources. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, all of your responses. Um, if there's no other further comments from my fellow commissioners, I'll be asking for a motion for five seconds. Madam Chair, could I just ask them to state their names for the record? Oh, yes. I don't think we caught sorry. their names. Sorry. Could I get you both to state your name and organization right. you're with for the record? Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Hi, my name is Abby Brown. I'm project manager with Chinatown Community Development Center. And I'm Kim Pihoda, D uh, Director of Housing Development for Chinatown CDC. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So do my fellow commissioners, would anyone like to make a motion on 5C? Um, Madam Chair, I move that we authorize this um, project that Kim has presented uh, so well and uh, approve of resolution number 14, 2023. Excuse me, I think that should be 15. I may have had on the on yeah it should be uh, 15 and 16 for C and D. And I'm sorry I'm sorry forgive me authorizing the commitment of permanent gap loan funds for resolution number 15 2023 thank forgive you. me thank you thank you I would second that motion madam secretary can you please call the vote commission members please announce your vote for item 5c when I call your name Commissioner Drew. Aye. Commissioner Scott. Aye. Vice Chair Ludlam. Aye. And Chair Brackett. Aye. Madam Chair, the vote is four ayes. The motion carries. Um, can I get a motion from my fellow commissioners on item 5D? I would move to approve 5D. I second that move. Thank you. Madam Secretary, can you please call the roll? Certainly. Commission members, please announce your vote for item 5D when I call your name. Commissioner Drew. Aye. Commissioner Scott. Aye. Vice Chair Ludlam. Aye. And Chair Brackett. Aye. Madam Chair, the vote is four ayes. The motion carries. Um, Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item? Next is agenda item number 5E, authorizing at a public hearing under section 33431 of the Health and Safety Code, an option agreement with F4 Transbay Partners LLC, a Delaware, excuse me, Delaware Limited Liability Company, for the option to purchase Block 4 of Zone 1 of the Transbay Redevelopment Project Area and adjacent future Tahama Street right-of-way, providing notice that this action is within the scope of the Transbay Redevelopment Project, approved under the Transbay Terminal, Caltrain Downtown Extension, Redevelopment Project Final Environmental Impact Statement, Environmental Impact Report, or FEIS EIR, a program EIR, and is adequately described therein for purposes of the California Environmental Quality Act, or CEQA, and adopting environmental findings pursuant to CEQA. Transbay Redevelopment Project Area Discussion and Action Resolution Number 17-2023. General Counsel Morales. Chair Brackett, members of the commission, uh, this is another proposed project on the site of the former temporary terminal for Transbay. Um, it has followed a very complicated path to get to this point. Uh, the agency has been working on this with the developer for over seven years. Uh, and uh, we are attempting through the actions today to preserve a project that you approved last year and that provides a very significant amount of affordable housing and other community benefits. Uh, Kim Opsfeld will present this matter. Thank you. 
Good afternoon again. <laughs> Still Kim Obstfeld, a Senior Development Specialist on the housing team at OCII. The requested action before you is approval of an option agreement with F4 Transbay Partners, LLC, for the option to purchase Transbay Block 4. Since we just discussed the Transbay project area, I won't go back through that, but I do want to note that Block 4 is another of the few remaining development sites within Zone 1. There, these sites are estimated to provide over 1,000 new housing units, assuming the 681 units pursuant to the DDA program on Block 4, the 335 units planned on Block 2, and approximately 70 units on Block 12. Uh, this slide further illustrates Zone 1 development to date. The completed blocks are outlined in red. Blocks in pre-development, blocks 2 and 4, are outlined in yellow. And block two, 12 is outlined in blue as a future development site. And now an overview on the background of Block 4 to date. The developer for Block 4 is F4 Transbay Partners, which is compri comprised of Heinz and Urban Pacific with Goldman Sachs as an investment partner. The OCII Commission approved an option agreement with the developer, the developer for Block 4 in 2016 at the request of the City and Transbay Joint Powers Authority, or TJPA, as a condition of F4 Transbay Partners' purchase of Parcel F, which is a separate development site located in Zone 2 of the Transbay project area. F4 had proposed that it would off-site the construction of affordable housing required on Parcel F to Block 4. In 2018, the Commission approved an amendment to the option to extend the term and incorporate a term sheet. That term sheet established the base development program, which guided the schematic design and negotiation of a or disposition and development agreement, or DDA. At that time, the developer also identified Mercy Housing as its affordable housing partner. In 2021, the Parcel F project was approved in a series of actions, which culminated in, in a development agreement between the city and the Parcel F developer. The development agreement required payment of a fee to OCII to satisfy the Parcel F affordable housing obligation, rather than the direct off-siting of affordable units to Block 4. Separately, OCII committed the loan proceeds of this fee to the Block 4 developer for construction of affordable housing at Block 4. In 2021, the developer and OCII worked through modifications to the Block 4 housing program to address financial feasibility. With commission approval, the percentage affordable was modified from the 49% established in the 2018 term sheet back to the 45% identified in the initial option agreement. The 2018 term sheet was replaced by a program for appraisal, which was used as the basis for finalizing the DDA in schematic design and for preparation of appraisal instructions to establish the land price. In June 2022, the Commission took a series of actions related to Block 4, including approval of the schematic design and the DDA. The approvals also included a redevelopment plan amendment, which was forwarded for consideration by the Planning Commission and Board of Supervisors. Following the Commission hearing, the Planning Commission approved the redevelopment plan amendment, as well as related general plan and zoning map amendments to facilitate the Block 4 project as designed. Hearings were then initiated with the Board of Supervisors. However, in August 2022, the Block 4 developer informed OCII that progress on Parcel F had stalled, and that as a result, the Parcel F developer would not be able to provide the in-lieu housing fee as required under the Parcel F development agreement. As a result, OCII would not in turn be able to provide a financing commitment for Block 4, hindering Block 4's ability to proceed. With financing uncertain, the general plan amendment, excuse me, with the financing uncertain, OCII staff and the developer requested that the board pause block four legislation hearings. The general plan amendment would need to be reinitiated with planning commission if and when the project is ready to proceed. That fall, OCII held a series of meetings with the developer to discuss potential paths forward. In December 2022, staff provided an informational memorandum to the commission that described potential changes to the Block 4 deal intended to facilitate more timely development. Following that memo, financing condition, conditions continued to deteriorate. Under these market conditions, the developer informed OCII that capital would not be available to proceed under the timeline set forth in the DDA. Given this, OCII staff and the developer agreed that it was not beneficial to continue negotiations in this financial climate. 
As a reminder, the Block 4 project, as envisioned in the approved schematic design in DDA, is primarily residential. The project includes a total of 681 units, 45% of which would be restricted for affordability to residents at a wide range of tiered income levels. The program includes approximately 8,400 square feet of ground floor retail, a large portion of which would house community serving or public benefit uses. The project also, sorry, the project also includes private and public outdoor open spaces, an underground garage, and streetscape improvements on all sides, as well as the construction of Tahama Street between Main and Beale. The approved DDA sets forth obligations for the sale and development of Block 4, establishing requirements for the timely completion of the Block 4 project. The DDA states that OCII will provide a loan to the Mid-Rise Affordable Project using funds from the proceeds of the affordable housing fee paid by Parcel F. The land sales sale price for the site is $6 million. This amount was determined through a two-party appraisal process as set forth in the prior option agreement and the proceeds will go to the TJPA. The DDA also establishes a schedule of performance. The DDA effective date is tied to the effective date of the redevelopment plan amendment. Key milestones include the close of escrow on the land, close of construction financing, and the commencement and completion of construction. The option agreement for your consideration today does not alter the Block 4 project or the terms of the DDA. Rather, the option is intended to pause negotiations and allow time to evaluate market conditions. The initial option term is six months with two available six-month extensions at the discretion of the executive director. The option also provides for two additional three-month extensions to allow time for legislative hearings. The first is automatic if and when the developer formally restarts the approval process with the planning department. The second is discretionary if more time is needed to complete the approval hearings once initiated. During the option period, the developer has the exclusive right to develop the site in accordance with the approved DDA. OCII will not solicit other proposals or negotiate with other parties. However, during the option term, OCII may conduct its own assessment of the financial market and study alternative development scenarios. This work may be used to inform future solicitations if the option terminates. During the option, the developer will monitor real estate financing market conditions and will provide quarterly reports to OCII. In consideration for the option, the developer will pay approximately $115,000 for the initial option period and additional approximately $115,000 for each granted extension. This amount is prorated based on the consideration contemplated in the prior 2016 option agreement. If approved, OCII will enter into the option agreement with F4 Transbay Partners. The developer will continue to monitor market conditions and provide those quarterly market reports to OCII. If and when the project becomes feasible for the project, it becomes feasible for the project to proceed, the developer will initiate legislative actions. During this time, OCII staff will engage with a financial consultant to independently examine market conditions and financing feasibility. In addition, staff will study development options to expedite the delivery of affordable housing on Block 4. Uh, that concludes staff's presentation. I'm joined by several members of the development team, including Dan Esdorn and Ali Stein from Heinz. I believe their counsel, CJ Higley, is available remotely. And Michael Kaplan and Ramey Dare are here from Mercy Housing. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. Um, Madam Secretary, can we open up for public comment? At this time, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2598-682-4655, followed by the pound sign, then the pound sign again to enter the call, then press star 3 to submit your request to speak. If you are already listening to us by phone and would like to provide public comment, please press star 3 to be placed in the queue. And would like to begin by inviting anyone who is in person and would like to provide public comment on this item to come up to the podium at this time. Good morning, and excuse me for the noise there. Uh, this is my first time coming before you three commissioners. First time ever. My name is Ace. I'm on the case. The Fillmore Corridor Ambassador. I remember you, Ace. Okay. I, all right. It's different. Okay. How you doing? 
And my buddy over here, Morales, we done been around for years. Isn't that right? I thought you'd be retired by now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so redevelopment, the history, I know you know about it, but it still lingers so much in my mind. Because when I come to these meetings, nothing is mentioned about the Western edition, the Fillmore. And that's been resolved. And so we're into another phase right now. But what I'm concerned about is the COP, Certificate of Preference. I know, and I'm sure Morales knows about how Wade, Wade Pack and Mary Rogers fought for that list years ago. Uh, and, and they actually sued redevelopment for the copy of the master list. See, I don't even know, and I'll ask him later off record, is the master list has been released yet because there's different partials of the list that's still out there. And um, we don't know why it hasn't been released yet and when it's going to be released more people or when these buildings are built and no one's around who look like me that need a certificate. So right now, my interest is to find out, is there a master lease? Is there a master lease that the redevelopment still has? Yes, it is. <laughs> because if it wasn't, the, the COP list that they have out right now, I don't know is there any validity in it. Okay, so I'm also here to talk about, but I guess I'll be able to talk about that when it comes to public comment, because it's not on this subject. But I would ask that the certificates of preference be looked into and see what's happening on that, because right now everybody is talking about a certificate list and passing out, and that ain't the master list. My name is Ace, I'm on the case, and uh, wonderful coming before you commissioners, and it won't be the last time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Washington. Thank you, and if there are any other members of the public in person, I'd like to invite you now. And for the members of the public who are joining us remotely, press star three or raise hand icon if you'd like to provide comment. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Seeing no, no further comments from the public available, we will now close for, um, public comment and I'll turn it over to my fellow commissioners. Um, Commissioner Ludlam. Um, I'm happy with this arrangement. I think it acknowledges the uh, general economic conditions and the, uh, the change in what is feasible from when this project was originally contemplated and leaves the door open to uh, continue advancing uh, on the work already complete. Uh, so I would support this option agreement. Um, and I know a lot, of, a lot of parties have spent a lot of time working on how to craft this. Commissioner Scott. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Kim, can you help me um, with expanding a little bit uh, 324 mixed income tower rentals um, for affordable housing. And what I have found, and I've shared about it in meetings, when we tell especially uh, our up and coming generations, um, you know, get yourself educated, make more money. But when they do, they're either making too little affordable and then when they get a job and go through all the training too much and so where is that real clear help so that we don't raise false hope and if there isn't anything that we're doing to bring them back to San Francisco or get them into housing and encourage them, it's a good thing to make more money. If more money gets you nowhere. You can't, you know, your food expense, transportation and all of this and still no housing. What are we saying? 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's an excellent question. I think we um, we acknowledge that and we've seen that across the board. Um, and at the, in this project specifically, uh, we really wanted to serve households at a very wide range of income levels and with tiers at 10% so that you don't uh, land somewhere in the middle where you're, you're sort of priced out or you're making too much for 50%, but you can't quite afford a 60%. Uh, so I can show a diagram that sort of uh, demonstrates where the house Housing is proposed in this project, but um, basically we would have uh, the 100% affordable project that would be financed typical to our regular affordable projects, tax credits, the kind of the regular program. And on that one, we would still do a mix of incomes um, ranging from 30% all the way up to 80%. Uh, and then we would have higher tier, actually, I think we're at a 100% in the affordable project, uh, it's 80% TCAC, but 100% MOSI DAMI. And then in the tower, we would accommodate those uh, with more moderate income. So we had uh, units tiered at 100, 110, and 120% AMI. Uh, so that the idea was that this complex as a whole uh, would serve folks kind of all across the board, wherever they might be in their career or in their lifespan, that there would hopefully be a unit that would accommodate their needs in terms of AMI level. Thank you. Sure. Commissioner Drew. Thank you. Um, I was hoping to hear from the developer uh, just to hear, uh, you know, what are the current market conditions you're facing? I think I'm fairly well aware, but from your perspective, uh, and then what are you hoping to see in the next uh, 6, 12, 18 months uh, that could uh, move this project forward? Uh, good afternoon, Commissioners. Dan Esdorn with Heinz in San Francisco. Um, the markets uh, are an interesting place right now. I'm sure that uh, is something that you guys are also very aware uh, of, you know, given your seats and what you see, uh, the people who you hear from. Um, I would say uh, that, by and large, a lot of the trends that we began to identify with staff in the third and fourth quarter of last year um, that were impacting the development market in San Francisco um, have continued uh, in a direction that's just generally negative for uh, progress, especially on big, ambitious, and complicated projects like Block 4. Um, that includes um, construction cost escalation, you know, generally linked to inflation, lack of uh, uh, availability of materials, things of that nature. Um, we've seen an increase in uh, financing costs uh, tied to increases in interest rates generally. Um, we've seen a, a pullback in the uh, availability of financing, um, especially from uh, the bank market, which is a, traditionally banks are the ones that are big lenders in the construction world. Um, and then obviously there is a, a little bit of a, a general um, economic challenge that um, the United States and that San Francisco in, uh, is facing that um, impacts uh, people's uh, ability to uh, pay rent and um, just generally affects growth projections. So. Um, we have the benefit of um, being a, a large organization, and we have a lot of data points, inputs, um, not only from within San Francisco and the broader Bay Area, um, but also within the United States and even the world that uh, give us some good insight into um, how those trends continue to evolve. And um, I think we've set up a good collaborative structure uh, under this option agreement where we're staying in regular contact with staff and uh, basically trading the best of those notes, the best of that information, and you know, honestly being open to uh, feedback in both directions about what we can do to deliver these housing units as quickly as possible, which is our goal. I hope that was somewhat helpful. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, it, it's a constellation of uh, difficulties that the project is facing, so it's not like one magic wand where if interest rates were to go lower, this project could move forward. It's that plus lower construction costs. Plus. That's right. Many, many things have to come together at the same time in order for a project like this to you know, get going. Um, we are big believers in San Francisco. We've been here for 40 years as a firm, and um, have seen, frankly, times like this before um, and, and weathered them. And, uh, you know, as, as uh, quickly as things tend to deteriorate in San Francisco, it's our observation that um, they often come back very strong and very quickly. And uh, that's certainly our hope uh, in buying ourselves this time with this 18-month option um, that we'll see that kind of recovery hit San Francisco once again. Thank you. Um, I had a few questions you might want to stay up here. 
Thank you so much for um, sharing that information with us. We know that it's a difficult time right now for a lot of investments and deals to go through. Um, I did have a couple quick questions. I know the last time you guys were before us, um, we kind of had some questions around um, the partnership with Morgan Stanley to push this project forward. I just wanted to get your take on um, how that's been going or if there has been some you know, issues with that as well. Um, so May I ask that you lean a little bit? Sure, more? yeah, is that Thank better? Thank you. Um, so, uh, sorry, just to clarify, our uh, investment partner is Goldman Sachs. Oh, Goldman um, Sachs. I'm sorry. Uh, understandable. Um, you know, we have been shoulder to shoulder um, with the Goldman Sachs team as we have been um, with, uh, you know, many of the other uh, players in this in this story uh, for seven years now. They're not a, a figure in the, you know, day-to-day -day conversations, but we still talk to them um, at least weekly um, about this project. And so there's a lot of interest and, um, frankly, uh, you know, in addition to financial investment, a lot of emotional investment uh, from the people who have, you know, been on all those phone calls and, you know, tried to work through these issues with us. Um, so I would say um, they are uh, just as um, uh, hopeful in looking at the future of this project as we are. Um, we've obviously come as far as we have um, because we all collectively believe in the project together. So, um, you know, Seven years is a long time for any partnership, and you know things change, people change. Um, but you know we're all here today because um, you know we want to see this project move forward. Thank you. Sure. Just going to turn it over to my fellow commissioners if you have any last questions or if we have a motion on the floor for this item. See, Madam Chair. I move that we authorize at a public hearing under section 33431 of the Health and Safety Code an option agreement with F4 Transbay Partners, resolution number 172023. I would second that motion. Madam Secretary, please call the vote. Commission members, please announce your vote for item 5E when I call your name. Commissioner Drew. Aye. Commissioner Scott. Aye. Vice Chair Ludlam. Aye. And Chair Brackett. Aye. Madam Chair, the vote is four ayes. The motion carries. Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item? The next order of business is item six, public comment on non-agenda items. Madam Chair. Um. Well, I'll open up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> do we have any? Would you like to open public comment? At this time, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on non-agenda items, please call 415-655-0001. Enter access code 2598-682-4655, followed by the pound sign and then the pound sign again to enter the call. Then press star three to be placed in the queue. If you are already listening to us by phone and would like to provide public comment, please press star three. And we'd like to begin by inviting members of the public who are here in person to come up to the podium. Mr. Washington. Good afternoon again. Well, this particular item uh, has a lot to do with the Western Edition, particularly the Heritage Center, um, the garage uh, parking. As you may know or may not know, I'm sure Morales knows, that garage is owned by OCII, not Yoshi's, the addition departments or the uh, um, anything else. But the garage is what I'm talking about. Why? Because I had, I'm still employed by the garage in Park. And before there was in Park, there was another company. And the reason why I got this particular job, uh, well, when it started, I was janitory. I was cleaning up the garage downstairs. And I was proud about that because I had a little job about the time I didn't have one. And I was affiliated to the Yoshi's, the addition. But now, five years in advance, six years, here we are. I am going to ask that this item be brought before you all at your next meeting or meeting after that, so, and then bring Impark. But I understand there's another company now, EEP or something, that's uh, uh, actually uh, operating it for OCII. 
Now, you got to understand that this part of the development is not a part of that the RFP is going out because they didn't include us. I don't know if they include the uh, Homeowners Association. And uh, quite frankly, I think that RFP right now is going to come back and they're going to say, well, nobody qualified because there got to be a strong community component. I don't know who the one selected, not selected, but I don't know who's on the select panel or anything. But my main concern is the garage. M Park is managing the garage. Because back then, myself and others were uh, applying to run it, to operate it. It should have been operated by the community in the, in the uh, back in that time, or if you look in the, the RFP that you will see that the garage is separate and it could be ran by the community. It was supposed to be run by the community, but something happened, Reverend Townsend got involved, but I'm not gonna get involved with that. But I'm saying I'd like to bring this back to your commission and find out is there a chance that a community group could move in and operate the place for the community. It's been five or six years that this other entity has been operating. I think it's time for the community to step in, the community since the RFP is going out, that we be the operators. So again, if you could bring the company back to the, bring them back here and I'll come back and we could talk about it. My name is Ace and I'm on the case. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. James. Good afternoon again. One of my concerns is the sea level, sea rise. Uh, we're talking about Treasure Island and a lot of Treasure Island has been landfill uh, over the years. And my concern is, are they gonna build a seawall around the uh, Treasure Island project because it's something that's gonna be needed? Uh, the port is doing something around San Francisco Bay with the, the seawall, but that's my concern about Treasure Island. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And would like to ask members of the public who are joining remotely, if you'd like to provide public comment, please press star three. Madam Chair, it does not appear we have any members of the public wishing to comment on this item. Hearing no further um, requests to speak in public comment, we will now close public comment. Madam Secretary, can you call the next item, please? The next order of business is item seven, report of the chair. Madam Chair. For today, I am not gonna report any items. Um, I will just shortly, just briefly share that um, in the next upcoming meeting, we will be sharing some information about um, some of our project areas and um, highlighting um, members of the community. Um, can you call the next item, please? The next order of business is item eight, report of the executive director, general counsel. Uh, well, instead of a report of the executive director, I would like to report on the executive director who's currently um, at the uh, California Senate hearing uh, on replacement housing. Uh, this is the Senate Housing Committee uh, that is chaired by Senator Weiner, who's the author of the replacement housing legislation that the city and the agency have sponsored, and as you know, if that's passed, will give us additional tax increment authority for affordable housing. So that hearing is underway, and uh, we expect a positive vote out of the committee, and then the, the bill should go to the floor. So uh, we'll keep you apprised of any future uh, developments on that. Do my fellow commissioners have any questions or comments for the EDV's report? No questions, no comments, thank you. Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item? The next order of business is item nine, commissioner's questions and matters. Madam Chair. My fellow commissioners, do you have any additional questions or thoughts today? I Madam. would just like to add, Madam Chair, I, I'm grateful and I have been working a little bit closer with OCII staff, and I'll, again, I cannot commend Sonia enough. And uh, I just hope she gets more staff with her, but 
um, the issue around the process that needs to take place to get the housing, even if you are a COP holder, knowing what that means, all they know is, I'm a COP, but they're not informed enough to know what that process is, and it knocks many of them down. Takes a lot of air out of them. And so if, and we did discuss this, we could come into the community and share the meaning of COP holder, what the steps are, how they're taken, and literally, Sonia is holding hands and it's helping, and uh, persons are getting into their places, but they're not prepared for the distance that, you know, it's like not just a 60, you know, yard dash, but it's a 200 meter. It takes time, and they don't understand it, so they believe they're getting ready to disqualify me because so many roadblocks say that. But they need to be prepped. We need the understanding when you run into this, this is what you need to do. Or this this is where you need to go. And your help is here. When people know that, hope is not dashed. Hearts are not at dismay. And uh, the depression and just the give up spirit does not fall upon the people. So I'm hoping we will work up a plan and uh, get some help and um, information for the people so that they don't give up, give out, and give over to just not believing this is for us. I would like to second Commissioner Scott's uh, request to come up with a plan, uh, and I think this relates to something we talked about at the previous hearing uh, in which we were told that 85% of applicants to a certain project uh, did not move forward um, and they were applying to units they had no interest in. That's the behavior of people who don't have confidence in the process. Um, so I, I don't know um, what the, the lead up looks like now, but uh, you know, I think creating more better educational program for COP holders would uh, solve a lot of issues affecting many projects. Thank you, commissioners. Um, I think this is a lot of work that's gonna um, ultimately fall on MOACD's um, shoulders um, since they're the ones who are administrating um, more of the COP requirements and um, how that goes through, but definitely um, something we can address with the executive director as he comes back and talk about some concrete steps towards that we can take to maybe um, nudge MOHCD to do more. And maybe there's some ways that we can also do things as outreach in the community. I know um, about two years ago, we talked about as a commission taking up different um, I guess it would be subject matters as, as each commissioner and that we would kind of be the evangelist in the community for those things. And I think back then, I think um, Mara was on business, I was on COP, Miguel was on community, and I forgot Dr. Scott, which you were assigned to, but we didn't get get it off the floor because we were still dealing with, you know, the... COVID and the pandemic, so yeah. I'm not sure if you remember that, Dr. I'm Scott. sure it, I remember that, and I think it, it had to be community. Yeah. It had to be for me. Uh, that's what I do, so I'm sure that's what I chose. Well, thank you, commissioners, for your comments. Um, Madam Secretary, can you please call the next item? The next order of business is item 10, closed session. There are no closed session items. The next order of business is item 11, adjournment, Madam Chair. Now all my commissioners don't all go at once. <laughs> Madam Chair, I move that the meeting be adjourned. I second. Um, the meeting is now adjourned at 2.09 p.m., moved by Commissioner Scott and second by um, Commissioner Drew. Thank you. Mr. James. <laughs>